good Sunday morning. City Gate Church and Pastor Howie Cantrell welcome you to this week's broadcast. We encourage you to tune in each Sunday morning at 7.30 right here on 100.7 WHIN. Or visit us in person at 734 Red River Road in Gallatin, Tennessee. Services start at 945. And now, Pastor Howie Cantrell. Well, good morning, everybody. How y'all doing today? Huh, okay, bless your heart. Yeah, there are some Southerners in the room. <laughs> That's the nicest way I could say it. Thanks for being here today. I am uh, I'm really happy to see you all. <clears throat> My wife has had the best week that she's had in quite a while in the fact that I have lost my voice for almost a whole week. <laughs> and she has, uh, there's been some woo-hoos other than my wife. <laughs> but um, it's, uh, it's amazing how we, we deal with what we deal with and we go through what we go through. But everything's for a purpose and everything is for a reason and we have to believe that. And we don't realize sometimes <clears throat> how important things are to us until we lose them. Amen. This week, uh, I was able to go and be at a funeral. Becky had lost one of her uncles. And there wasn't a sad eye. There wasn't any crying. This was a true celebration of life. And uh, Ed Pearson... His son did his sermon for him, and it was probably the greatest thing I had ever heard done at a funeral, and I was just so impressed by it. But I sat there, and, and I listened to all the words he was talking about, about a good man and how good that his dad was. And uh, I couldn't talk at all, hardly, and that was another good thing. But what's amazing about it is, is that when we lose something that we use all the time, something that we need, when we lose that, all of a sudden it makes us start to rely on other things. And so I'm just, uh, I'm grateful to be well, to be here. I'm excited about what we're going to be talking about today because we have got a lot to cover so thank you all for being here. God bless you this morning because I've got a couple things that I want to share with you. And the first thing is I want to ask this question. Do you know the Bible? And so I'd like for you to take your bulletin out and I would like for you to pull the leaf out of it. And it's got the pretty cross with the blue on it. And I want you to turn to the other side of it. <clears throat> I want you to turn to the other side of it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Because I want to, hold on a minute, I got ahead of myself. Hold on a minute, I pushed that button. There we go. All right. Because on this, in this little paragraph right here, there are 16 books of the Bible. Now, let me tell you what you get if you do this. If you are the first person to complete this, and here are the rules you cannot use your phone. You cannot use your Bible. You have to go by your memory, okay? The first person to complete this challenge and get with Donna with a completed and have her to check it wins a free Bible class. That includes books and all. So I just want you to know that's what's on the line. You've got that. And so far, just so you know, the record right now is sitting at 57 minutes. 
So that's the record. And if anybody can beat that, there may or may not be something special in it for the person who can beat that. But anyway, I want you guys to know about this. Don't miss this opportunity. Number one, it's tough, just so you know. It's not easy. It's tough. We're going to find out what you got in your tank. Amen? Before I go any further, I'd like for you all to turn to the screen. Jeff made mention of a little bit about this. I just got something here that I want you to take a minute and listen to and watch. Thank you so much. Thank you so City much. Gear Church. City Gear Church. Gallatin of Tennessee. Gallatin. Thank you so much. Tennessee. Thank you so much. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. The guy in the blue, his name is Adnan. He's the pastor there. But I want you to look around in this room, and I want you to look on that screen at everybody else that's on there and know that you had something to do with freeing those people. Give the Lord a praise today. Before I move on, I just want to stay on this just for a second because I want to show you something. How many times have you felt that I'm just one person and I'm not, I, I can't do anything because I'm just, I'm just one person? Anybody ever felt like that? Be honest. Okay. So I'm going to share something and I'm going to apologize to the gentleman before I get into it. But I got a, uh, a text message I guess it's been over a year ago now. And he said, I found this guy on Facebook, and he and I have been talking. And just look at some of his stuff, and he starts sharing some things with me. And it was Danny Dunn. And he and Adnan somehow hooked up on Facebook and became friends. And Adnan starts telling Danny about what's going on, and Danny gets interested in it, and Danny brings it to me. And we start talking about it, and we start looking at it, and it's like, man, this is awesome. And then all of a sudden, the next thing you know, we're helping a woman who had been thrown into a fire because of her belief system. And she was burned in a brick kill, and they pulled her out, and her injuries were so bad that she lost her life. Now, this is the result of that person saying no. While they were in being held as prisoners, they started giving their lives to Christ one by one by one by one because they had seen what these people were willing to do and not give up and not walk away from the fact that I am not going to denounce Christ. Now, there's something very relevant and very important as we go into our sermon because you're going to see some things today that are going to directly relate back to this. But I want you to understand something. If God puts something on your heart, lean into it. Follow through with it. Don't give up. Don't quit. And the reason I'm saying this is because it just might be you. And Danny doesn't like to be blown up like this, and I understand that. But because God put him and Adnan together, before any of this stuff ever happened, a relationship was built. Because of what I saw take place there, 
it led me to start doing some research on my own. I started bringing things to you guys, and now all those people have been freed from slavery. Now, I, I just want you to hear this because this is where it gets good. Adnan, not Adnan, but uh, the, uh, the husband of the woman who was thrown into the fire and their two children have been moved to another location and the rickshaw has been bought for them so that he can literally have a business now and not have to go back with his babies and work at a brick kill. That's what happens when one person says, okay, God, I will. Amen? So understand this. These people were not all, I need to rephrase myself because I, I don't want to get this wrong. They were not all freed from slavery. They were all freed from prison where they were being held, and we're working on getting them replaced now and put in different parts of the country where they don't have to worry about retribution. Amen? So what is this about today, and why am I bringing this up, and why is the timing like it is? And you think, oh, this is just coincidental. I don't believe in coincidence. I believe in divine appointment. So let's keep going because there's some things that I want to talk to you today. As we look at the seven seals, we're going to be looking at the seal five and six. This is week 14 of our study. And if you have your Bible with you, turn to Revelation chapter six. We're going to be going through verses nine through 17 today. And as we go through this, I'm going to be sharing some things that just this week, God has been showing me some things and revealing some things to me. And the more I study this and the more I look at this, the more I'm starting to understand we've been missing some things and some things have been hidden from us that God is starting to open not just my eyes, but a lot of people's eyes to what's actually going on in the world today and what's happening. And I want you to get this. I want you to see this and I want you to understand it. Amen. So let's dig into the word today as we look at the fifth seal, the cry of the martyrs. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice saying, how long, O Lord, holy and true, until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth. Then a white robe was given to each of them, and it was said to them that they should rest a little while longer. Listen to this. Until both the number of their fellow servants and their brethren who would be killed as they were was completed. Now, all of this, I want you to pay very, very close attention. These are not just any body. This is not just any body. These are the martyrs. And you need to understand, by, by martyrs, we're saying literally that the woman we were talking about, Yasmin, that she is one of those who was martyred for the cause of Jesus Christ because she would not give up her belief in Jesus Christ. She refused to let go of her belief. She would not denounce Christ. Now pay attention because we're dealing with two different groups of people here. There are people that are Christians that die, but they're not martyrs. Amen? Everybody knows what a martyr is. Let me just break it down. A martyr is someone who dies for a cause. Plain and simple. We'll just, we'll just keep it very simple. They believe in something and they're willing to die for it. That's a martyr. Okay? And because of that, 
I want you to understand what's going on here. These are the martyrs. They are under the temple, not under the temple, they're under the altar. And as they're under the altar, they're crying out to God. These are people who have died for the cause. They're crying out and they're saying, how long, O Lord? How long are you going to wait before you avenge our blood? Now, let me just pause right here because I want you to hear something. How many of you like to get even with somebody that wronged you? Tell the truth, you in church. Jesus is watching. I'm just saying. All right. Everybody likes that movie, that story, where the, the, the kid that gets bullied all the way through whatever, all of a sudden stands up and just beats the snot out of the bully, right? Okay, I thought I was the only one. Okay, thank you, Jesus. I love to watch the underdog win. In the Bible, it says something. Pay attention to this. It says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Anybody ever heard that? The Bible also tells us that we should not seek after vengeance, but we should allow God to do that. Let me explain something to you, and I want you to hear me here. Anytime we ask God to take care of something, and then we take care of it for ourselves, God's not going to double dip that person. So you get to choose. You do it now for yourself, and it's never as good as what God can do to them. Amen? Let me tell you something. You can't visit somebody in their sleep. You can't change their heart. You can't change their mind. All you can do is repay what they've done to you the best way you think you can do it to get even. But God not only can handle your part of it, but he can also be merciful and allow them to know God as their Savior, Jesus as their Savior, and to make it to heaven. Now, for some of us, we don't like that idea because we have that little special place over in the corner in hell that we think that those people should go. <clears throat> Amen. Let's be honest. But the Bible tells us to pray for our enemies, does it not? It tells us to pray for those that despitefully entreat us and persecute us. It tells us to do that. But we need to understand the why part, okay? Because God will avenge. He says that he's just and he will repay. And so what's happening right here is these martyrs that are under the altar, they're crying out. Their blood is crying out. They're screaming from under the altar. God, how long is it going to take you to handle this business? I'm tired of waiting, God. But all of a sudden, something happens and a white robe is given to them. Now, I want you to understand something. You can't give a spirit a robe. You can't give a spirit a robe. So it's in this time as these martyrs are crying out that there's something going on supernaturally with these people. I'm not 100% clear on this, and I want you to know these are my views and opinions about this. This is the way I see it today, and God is showing me some new stuff. So I don't know where we're going with this 100%. I just know that God is giving me some things that I'm going to share with you today, and you weigh them for yourselves. Amen? 
as we look at this, we see because it says a robe is given to them, but they have to wait a little while. Now, you need to understand something. I've said this to you many times, but it's been taught to the, the Christian church in the West. For some reason, we believe that we should never have to endure anything. We should never have to deal with anything, that we should get saved and become a Christian. And the angels are going to sing and all life's going to be roses and it's going to be wonderful. I don't know if you've ever been in a rose bush, but there's a lot of thorns in there. There's a lot of beauty in there, but there's a lot of thorns. And in the beauty, there's pain. Let me tell you something. In life, there's death. Nothing lives that it doesn't die eventually. Everything has a lifespan. And I want you to understand today that there is a form of faith that is going to take some people as a martyr. And there are people that are set up to do this. Now, as we look at this, you need to understand that we're looking at tribulation. This is a time of tribulation. Now, I haven't got into the linear part of the way that Revelation is set up, but what's going to happen is, is that we're reading one part of Revelation now, it's going to fast forward, and then it's going to rewind, and I'm going to have to break all that down as we do it, or you'll get lost. But you have to understand the chronological aspects of Revelation, okay? And we haven't gotten that far into it yet, but we will, I promise. And I'll show you where I'm talking about. We're going to see this stuff again is what I'm trying to say. So it's during this time that we find that there is going to be <clears throat> tribulation that comes, and we think, we think that it's not going to be a whole lot of people that, that will stand up and say, I'll accept Christ when it gets so bad. But later on in the scripture, we're going to see that it's innumerable, innumerable. You can't count them how many do not succumb to the beast and how many give their lives, and they are martyred. This is those people that are there and are going to be coming because there's a time appointed for them. Amen? And it's at this point right here that I just want to say, have you got any questions? This is killing me. But I know if I do that, <clears throat> that we'll be here for the next two hours, and some people, well, some people will be here for the next two hours. Other people will be like, I'm out of here. So let's keep going today. As we come to the sixth seal, this is going to be some of the things that is very unique that is, my position has changed on some things as we share this with you. The sixth seal is what they refer to as a cosmic disturbance. I looked when he opened the sixth seal and behold, there was a great earthquake and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair and the moon became like blood. And the stars of heaven fell to the earth as a fig tree drops its late figs when it is shaken by a mighty wind. Then the sky receded as a scroll when it is rolled up and every mountain and island was moved out of its place. And the kings of the earth, great men, the rich, the commanders, the mighty men, every slave, every free man hid themselves in the caves and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and rocks fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne from the wrath of the lamb 
For the day of his wrath has come. And who is able to stand? You know, growing up, I learned a lot of hard lessons the hard way. Lessons nonetheless. And one of the things that I learned was no matter how tough you are, no matter how bad you are today, sooner or later there's coming another person who's going to be tougher and is going to be badder and is going to dethrone you. And this world has seen many infamous, brutal, mean people. And it's these people who are now calling out. The baddest of the bad are crawling out and saying, who can stand up to his wrath? Now, I want you to think about that. It doesn't matter. There is no, at this point, all bets are off, so to speak. It doesn't matter what your status is. The poorest of the poor, the richest of the rich, the mightiest of the mighty. It doesn't matter. They're all hiding in the same cave. And they're all crying out for these rocks and these mountains to fall on them. Now, I want to share some things with you as we go through this part of it today because there's some real things that I have been seeing that I did not understand until my dad and I had a conversation, and he was doing some research. And you guys know that Revelation's his book, and we started talking about some stuff, and it just, the lights just started coming on. Now, I want you to understand that when John is writing this, John is writing in the best way that he can explain things. Ezekiel sees what he calls a wheel in a wheel. We're still trying to figure out exactly what that means. And so there's a lot of prophetical things that people don't understand exactly what they mean because we haven't experienced them, we haven't seen them. The Bible talks about us going to heaven and it says that no eye has seen, no ear has heard what we're going to see when we get on the other side of things. And so you need to understand that as John was writing, he was writing to the best descriptive powers that he had to describe things that he had seen the best way he could. And I want you to think about something. Because as I start to break this down, I want you to look at something and I want you to see something and I want you to pay attention I want you to see this little video right here, and I'm going to go a little bit deeper. right here and stay here just for a minute because I want you guys to see something and I want you to think about something later on as we break into the trumpets you're going to see a word called wormwood and it's just coincidental is it do you think that, that there's coincidence when it comes to this 
I want to show you something. I want you to listen to this. In the Ukrainian Bible, the translation in Ukrainian for wormwood is Chernobyl. Coincidence? That nuclear reactor has been sealed and Putin has been shooting bombs at it. And if you look at the news, the seal has been cracked on that reactor. Now, I'm not going to get into all the details right now, but I want you to think about something. I want you to think about what rockets would look like coming out of the sky. He said, I, I beheld as stars were coming from the heaven. I want you to think about rockets just for a minute. Think about rockets coming and all of them being nuclear warheads. I want you to think about, you saw what that did with just that one bomb. I want you to think about thousands upon thousands upon thousands of these things being released by every nation on the planet that's got a nuclear device and wants to set it off and try to destroy things. Do you think that this earth is going to shake? Just going to ask you that question. That's just one. And you saw the result of that. Just so you know, the elephant's foot, the Chernobyl, look it up. Trey was talking to me about this. But the Chernobyl reactor, they said that if that thing would have been left unchecked, it would have been 20,000 years before that place could be inhabited again. 20,000 years. We look at Hiroshima and Nagasaki. We look at the dropping of fat man and little boy. And we look at what the devastation was and how long it had been. Now people are living back there, but no one is going to be in, in generation after generation after generation is ever going to be able to occupy the space where the Chernobyl reactor is because of the nuclear presence. Now I want you to think about what's going to happen when all of this stuff starts getting cut loose. If you cannot see that we are in the last minutes of the last hours of the last days, I can't help you. Look around. Look at what's going on. Look at how people are treating one another. Guys, I was talking with somebody on the West Coast, in the Northwest, and I can't remember whether it was Washington or Oregon. I can't remember where I was talking to them, they were from. But now, if you are mugged, in that area, if you are mugged and you're robbed, when the police show up, they ask you this question first, are you hurt? They ask you how bad you're hurt. Do you really need hospitalization? Do you really need medical care? They're not taking, listen to me, they're not taking reports on the robbery just on your injuries. But if you defend yourself, they don't care about the person who's robbing you, but if you defend yourself and you injure that person or you take their life or you mortally wound them in some kind of way, you are going to be taken to jail because you defended yourself. You're going to prison and possibly lose your life. I think this book, I think, I think that we can trust it, I think. 
I think it has a little something in it that says, in the last days, good is going to be seen as evil and evil is going to be seen as good. Everything is starting to turn around. You see, Vladimir Putin is attacking this country that has done nothing to provoke him whatsoever other than to be there. But we've seen this for generations, but there's a difference now. There's a difference now. The difference is, I'm not trying to do it for anything other than because I want to. It's an ego thing. If you've got something to write on, write the word ego this way, E-G-O, E-G-O. And I'm going to explain to you what ego is. Everybody ready? It's edging God out. When you get stuck in that, like this man is, He's been edging God out. There may have never been a God present there for him in his life. But let me tell you something. As evil as this man is, as wicked as what he is doing is, he still needs the blood of Jesus. The Jesus that we serve died for him too. And we need to be praying for him as well as the victims of all this stuff. You've been listening to Pastor Howie Cantrell with CityGate Church, located at 734 Red River Road, Gallatin, Tennessee. Please visit us in person for Sunday worship at 945. You may also see our live broadcast on Facebook and YouTube. From everyone at CityGate, have a blessed week.